You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I'm also the CEO and founder of Rock, Paper, Scissors, a PR firm that specializes in music innovation and music tech, and the guy behind the Music Tectonics Conference. This is a great day because today we've got Dean Wilson on the podcast. You might know him as Dead Mouse's manager, but we're going to find out a lot more today. Welcome to the show, Dean. Thanks. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, let's kick it off. What what makes 720, your management company, different from other management companies? Um, I think for me, it's about where we're heading to the future and, and what the technology is going to allow creators and IP managers and the music business to expand into this new frontier. I, I think that's what is exciting to me. And, you know, managing a bunch of clients or not particularly managing most of our clients are partners. Mm. So we're, we, we, we partner with them on a JV kind of basis. We fund it, we support it. We add management services to that joint venture, but, but it is, it is very different. It's, it's more of an entertainment business company, whatever you want to kind of call it in that lane, but it's not traditional music management where we say, Oh, it's 15% or 10% or whatever it is. It's, it's more about building careers and brands from the ground on up, partnering with our clients. Is that a common model these days or is that specific no. to you? I think I don't think it's a common model. I think it's it makes a lot of sense. I think we've been told for a long period of time by a lot of different institutional type setups is this is how you do it. Where you get a manager and you pay X amount of percentage and you get a two-year contract. I'm like, well, well, how does that benefit anybody? Because, and, and then is this driven by legal? Is this driven by Don Passman's book? Is this driven by people say that this is how music and music managers work? I'm, I'm always been trying to, you know, rip up the norms. You know, it, it, it's, we've been fiercely independent for a long time with regards to what do we do with our clients IP finding opportunities um, in in places that didn't really exist or that are new that are that are very you know not risky but they're 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 new technology and how do we how can we use the IP how can we create worth with our clients IP in different lots lots of different verticals and that that I think is uh, gives you a basis of, of we're always trying to think outside of the box, not, okay, this is how you make a record and this is how you put it out on DSPs. And this is how you sit there and hope to God that somebody, a gatekeeper puts your record on a playlist that may give you a couple of million streams and you see these pennies come in. I, I, I just, it's, it's a broken model for me. You know, we, we went from music having value to music feeling like it has no value as a creation from creators, you know, 0. 0.000, whatever it is per stream and you're, and, and you, you can't get to your fans. You're not allowed to speak to your fans. You know, everything we have in web two is surrounded by gatekeepers. So whether it's Zuckerberg or Dorsey or, you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Apple, 
Spotify, Deezer, all of it is, oh, great, look, I've got this many followers. Can I talk to my followers? No. Well, well, why can't I talk to my followers that are following me because of my music on your platform? Oh, we can't allow you to do that. That's our data. Well, why is that your data? When we have created your platform with our content. That's why Web3 is so exciting to me, is that shift of the power in the data and, and decentralized versions of that is what's really exciting. Awesome. So your approach comes out of some of your work with Dead Mouse. Uh, and you mentioned you've got this kind of partnership model in your management company, and, and uh, he's he's a big name on your roster, and uh, you guys seem to partner on a lot. What were pivotal moments in your work together that shaped this perspective of how you approach managing artists today? Um, he is he's a technologist, I think, at heart. He's a, he's a gamer. He is a very smart guy when it comes to code and being able to build stuff taught himself how to build and code his own tour um you know he comes from that background before he was an electronic musician he used technology to to learn design and then he used technology to learn how to make music and then you know he's in, in every form of what that technology can do and i think you know that that's the most exciting thing about it is you know there's not a day goes by that there isn't his why don't we do this we should try that have you spoken to these people um have you looked at this technology uh i you know he's he's wanted to be fiercely independent for a long long time i mean this isn't you know an overnight oh look look here comes web free and we want to jump on that bandwagon he he's been wanting to do like a subscription style model for years and it and it in and it kind of started um with uh a a guy called ray lee who had a company called upfront uh, media i don't know seven eight years ago ray's just launched um, a, a company called peer pop and and peer proof that we're advisors in which is kind of like a web3 social media TikTok style company um that's that's built on on chain and Joel wanted back then to to build a platform that was a subscription model and put all of his content behind this wall and basically say, you know, for a monthly fee, everything's in there. You can download it, you can stream it, you can have it. It's yours once you're in there. Um, and we, you know, we were just miles ahead of our time at that point. And, you know, I think it was it was just no one was ready for that yet. And I, and, and now, you know, we've had a blockchain strategy for three, four years. It hasn't just happened overnight. You know, we, we've been seeing that technology being built and the, and the technology use cases been growing for a long period of time. NFTs literally just blew the doors off, right? They, it became the, oh, what's this thing? And it exploded and, and everyone like became laser focused on oh blockchain nfts web3 metaverses all these buzzy words but but put them in a hole and you can see what technology is going to be able to do for people in the future as this biz continues to be built and and, and grown on the tech stack right 
Yeah. So so with Dead Mouse, you've released a variety of NFTs from collaborations with various digital artists to VIP packages. What from that have you learned about fan adoption of NF- NFTs and where do you see NFTs going in 2022? Oh, what have we learned? Wow. Um, we've learned that we like to do a lot of collaborations. It's really important to Joel. He wants to be able to bring in the art community and the music community, you know, and show bring different fan bases together with his brand and name and likeness and and their art and his music bedded in i think that that was really important to us at the start as a story it wasn't just oh my god we can make a load of money here we've never been like that it's never been about overpriced jpegs it's never it's really important to us that anything that we do has utility has value in the future that you can be able to use it somewhere else. Um, like the Avatar series, the 5555 series, is being able to, you know, the partnership with Ready Player Me and being able to use your avatar, build your avatar, put your dead mouse head that you own as an NFT and be able to use that in any metaverse that that we that as we build these different metaverses, you can take your avatar with you. And that's your that's your identity. That's you own that. That's your that. That's that's yours. You, you know, and now it's got use. It's not just, oh, look at me with my NFT on my phone and, you know, and, and, and the whole flipping culture and stuff like that. That's not what we're in the space to do. You know, it's about the medium to long term game for us. I'm curious, do you think the word NFTs will disappear and and this idea of digital goods, whether they're collectibles or utilitarian, like you're talking about, will become adopted by people without crypto wallets in mass? And and if so, okay, so what will it take to get there? Technology um, and technology that everyone can trust. I think trust word is the most important thing to, to mass adoption end of story security and trust right because who'd have thought five years ago that all of our credit cards would be on our phone and we'd walk up to a machine and tap our phone on a machine and that's how we paid for things people would be like oh no you can't do that 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 your phone would get hacked someone will pick it up and and, and you'll lose all your money and and now everyone's like well now people get frustrated if the machine doesn't do that <laughs> well the reason that they're okay with that is because they trust the system they trust they're not going to lose their money. They trust they're not going to get hacked. And then if it's with a major credit card um, or uh, anything like that, if, if they see something that is an Ill- illegal, then then they get their money back. So, and, and I think that's what's holding mass adoption back to crypto or anything that is seen in in the web three sphere is is oh look at all these hacks look at this look at that people have got their J, jpeg stolen from open sea last week and blah, blah, blah see it's not safe and they're and they're right to some degree you know there there are a lot of people that have lost um and and it's and it can get really frightening if you're buying and selling crypto and you're moving stuff around in your metamask wallet and you don't have a cold wallet and you what's a cold wallet what's a hot wallet it's all really scary and confusing when we when we bring it 
to mass adoption, it will be as easy as we currently use our phone and our credit cards and our apps. And then it will just be what we use. It won't be Web3 or Metaverse or crypto. It will just be this is how we now use things in our life. So I think that the the launch of Coinbase's NFT platform is is the first, I think, major step into NFT mass adoption into into a into a regular market because you're going to be able to use your Coinbase account and and you know two buttons on your Coinbase. They have 74 million active accounts, and now they've done a deal with Mastercard. So if you have a Mastercard linked to your account. You're now going to be able to buy an NFT with fiat. You don't even need to have crypto because the NFT will drop into your Coinbase wallet, which is on your iPhone. So there's a there's a publicly traded company. So here we go. Here's here's step one. You can see it happening in in real time mm-hmm. in the next four to six weeks. Amazing, amazing. So cool to hear about that, about where we're going to get to mass adoption. I'm curious to ask what emerging, I don't, I don't know if trends is quite the word, but what's emerging in NFTs right now that's most exciting to you? Maybe it's in some of the utility pieces of it. You talked about how this should always be a value for something else in the future. What are you seeing right now? I think for me, it's about what is a music NFT? What, what happens what happens next to music? How how is it how is it going to be consumed within the blockchain ERC token as a whether you class it as an NFT or like you you said earlier is it, is it even going to be called an NFT? What what what, is, what will it be called in the future? I think you're right. I think it will change. Um, and so I feel like platforms like M and A, Audius. Uh, that are that are the first transition of blockchain music with a with a vision to where it's going. They're going to be the first people to test out and try new forms of what that looks like. I think I'm seeing really something really smart from the Moda Dow guys, Sean, Trent, and Jimmy, with uh, they're called Genesis N- NFTs, where you can see um, classic catalog being able to turn into these Genesis NFTs, um, you know, fractionalize ownership. Obviously everyone, that's another buzzword. And I think we're all, I think we're a long way from mass adoption there, but just because of the legalities and the SEC and the security side of that side of the business, you know, Justin Blau and Royal was, you know, a first door opening but then, you know, once you unpick it or you go, okay, do we need some reg, we need some framework. We need some SEC government regulation. And I'm not, and I'm talking, so people know what they can and can't do legally or whether they're going to be in legal hot water or not. We need some bumpers. We need some rules of the game. Um, you know, the big, uh, SEC thing last week uh, with the hundred million dollar fine for 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 uh, the 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 Bitcraft uh, guys, you know, everyone the bankless guys say, okay, this is great, but the crypto world then saw that as a win because it made the SEC go, well, 
you're going to pay this fine and you can do this. Okay, it cost us $100 million for the SEC to give us an answer. That's, it's, it's fucking crazy with this big of a business and, and market cap that, that, that we don't have any regulations to be able to work from. And we, and we need them to stop the scammers. We mm. need them to stop the pump and dump and the rug pulling. We need it to, to stop the bad actors in this that are, that are just trying to steal money at the end of the day. They're, they're, they're scams. I mean, we need that. We need to be able to police this better. And, you know, the DOJ saying they're starting a task force is, is great. You know, the, the more we can get support in the real world legally and from from law enforcement the better mm. hey you you just a little while ago you mentioned moda dow and i was going to ask you i believe your founder there to explain a little bit about what that is as we get into this idea that in addition to a manager and a partner with your artists you're also kind of listed and acting as founder for some of these things co-founder and so forth tell us about moda dow so that was set up by um trent sean and jimmy they're australian guys um and they started m and uh they've been working on that for well, i know we've been working together nearly three three and a half years on on what a blockchain dsp would look like and that's morphed multiple times as as most startups do and then out the back of it we we really started passionately interested in in what DAOs are going to be able to do to i think any kind of business loan um ip music business whatever it is i think dow is dow is going to be a really interesting model to be able to raise money and connect directly with with investors at any level your fans your core fans or or uh, you want to raise money to continue to build a business so so we 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 wanted to basically get a group of like-minded people in the music business that could that were also futurists and and say okay we we know that web 2 is this and we, a lot of it we think is broken and we don't we don't like the way that is the, this no transparency we're not sure who's reporting how it's being done fingerprinting where's all the data going there's no i can't get this data or a lack of transparency so we wanted to build a dow for like-minded people and fans that could invest in something that could actually go and build uh products for the future and the first thing is they're launched uh they're launching right now is a fingerprinting system on the blockchain and 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 then it will keep going from there you know we want to try and solve the publishing side the royalty side all of this we want to build onto chain and prove that it can be done and this is how it should be done in the future. There's no point in trying to say, oh, we're going to fix the music business and change Web3. <laughs> we're very realistic is that's not that's not going to happen. We, we have with independent big artists like Joel and our label Mousetrap and other like minded artists and, and independent labels have got to prove this is the better way to do it using technology at the bleeding edge of technology for the future benefit of of creators, IP owners. 
I, I'm really, I, I'm really intrigued of, of where you just went with that because I, it's a question that I always have and that I, w- I had queued up to ask you. How should the traditional record industry be thinking about blockchain? Is this a parallel market that will grow to replace the existing listening, licensing, rights management, monetization model, or, or will the existing players adopt it over time? You know, or is this a separate thing? Like you choose to go traditional, or you go to this this kind of new decentralized route, or uh, you kind of grow it till the use case is strong enough, and then the traditional players adopt it or even acquire it. Where, where, how, how should how should the major labels think about it? How should the existing strong players and uh, DSPs that have nothing on blockchain at this point think about it? I think you're right. I think it, it's gonna it's gonna run in tandem. They, you know, they it's like talking about Apple or Microsoft. You know, when something new happens or whatever, they don't predominantly build it from the ground up they see it they find out what what they feel like is the best they, then they go and buy it they go and purchase what they think is and i think that's what will happen in the major in the majors lane right is they will wait to see the proof cases and all of it being tested out do the due diligence and the tech stack and then go okay this is this is working this is what we're going to use what's the time frame on implementation of that years you know it's not going to happen it's not going to happen overnight um you've got massive old baked in systems that are that you're gonna they would have to run parallel systems even if they wanted to do it for years anyway just to make sure they all worked that it all stacked up yeah well i was gonna say I i think about how um, you know, if you have this model of there's this parallel universe to prove the use case, and then somebody starts looking at it for acquisition, if you have one particular label or you have one particular D- DSP, then go and acquire it. Can they get everyone onto the same kind of on the same rails? I mean, I know the whole point is that the rails are meant to be decentralized so that you have a sense of independence from any one player. But if somebody does acquire the rails in a sense, you kind of have that issue of, well, their competitors won't want to play in the same way. And then all of a sudden, do you have like multiple kind of sets of, of blockchains? That, and then I guess you have an exchange between the block, blockchains. I, I don't know. I think that's a really interesting point. And I think that it's like, if you looked at EOS as a chain three years ago, everybody said EOS back then, oh, this is an ETH killer, low, super low gas prices. Now, really, people don't talk about EOS. They're talking about Avalanche, Solana, Polygon. You know, these are the big side chains, layer twos. These are these are all the things that that could potentially, you know, fix the horrible high gas prices. ETH merger 2.0 is going to be, you know, that can't happen quick enough. I mean, yeah, it's got to work, obviously. Um, and, and, and seeing how the proof of stake model is going to work with ETH is going to be huge, I think, um, with the expansion. But I, the, the decentralized conversation with all things blockchain is really interesting because you're right. What happens when somebody comes along with $200 million and says, I want to buy that. And then the guys who built it and had a decentralized model then become capitalists at that point and go, yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, yeah, we're going to do that deal. And then we can decentralize later guys. 
<laughs> right, which is the biggest. Which is if you in the in the you know in the crypto you know deep lanes is is you know this is the biggest laughing point. Right, is Binance decentralized? No. Is Coinbase decentralized? No. You know, is Solana decentralized? No. You know, they all say they're gonna become decentralized. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, look, I'm real. I'm a realist when it comes to capitalism and those models. Decentralized is a beautiful utopian view. Is it practical in some businesses or a lot of businesses? Probably not, because with decentralized and and no firm governance comes bad players, bad actors comes bad bad people making bad decisions with with as you're seeing currently you know there's a lot of bad things happening because you know people spin up things and you're like well and then they hype it up they're not under any kind of regulatory legal boundaries so they get away with it you know it's interesting to see that you know floyd mayweather got in trouble on twitter they're saying the Kardashians are in trouble on Twitter for hyping up certain coins that they're involved in. You know, you can't do that with stocks. You can't do that. The SEC have firm rules about what you can and can't do. So, you know, we need some of we need some regulations. We need some we need some bumpers. All right. So we've talked NFTs. We've talked DAOs. We've talked blockchain. It's time for us to talk metaverse, right? Let's. Uh, I know you're a, a co-founder in Pixel Links, which you talked about yep. with your co-founder Ender Full at the Music Tectonics Conference in October. What is Pixel Link and uh, and how's the progress going there? Uh, amazingly fast. Uh, Ender's done a fantastic job on on building a great group of really excellent people dotted all over the world which is the, you know <laughs> this is new um you know uh, Inder's just moved to LA I met him three weeks ago for the first time we'd started a business over a year ago and I'd never met him like right. that's crazy stories of, pandemic. of the COVID yeah the pandemic so, so right but back it up what is I it first of all Pixel Links is the the portal to the metaverse so we 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 are building game mechanics and an and, and iPhone uh, app version with Niantic, who's the guys that did Pokemon Go. We're a big partnership with them. Big announcement coming in, in some point in May. And we'll start a rollout product May, June, and July. And then it will start to make a lot more sense of well, what have we been doing? What have we, what have we built? What are we building? And the whole uh, use case of what do we do with music in the metaverse it's it, it how will it be consumed how will it be used um everyone talks about virtual concerts well that's great but what's happening while the virtual concert's going on where can you go what can you do what can you collect what can you be incentivized to do what can you do with your nfts in in those metaverses and keep going and going and going and going then that's kind of where we are at is there is no there are no rules and 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 i say we're building a spaceship we're not going to the moon we don't even know what planet we're going mm -hmm. to yet but we're building it as we're flying it like everybody else is you know there are multiple metaverses out there already you know and everybody's 
got a different viewpoint on what it looks like and what it's going to be from sandbox to decentraland to all the partners at ready player me that everybody's building what the future in the virtual space will be i think the metaverse is is a is an interesting word because anyone that says they know what the metaverse is i'm like how do you know what the metaverse is it's just meta verse it's just a a a group of ideas in i think joel put it interesting he was like yeah, but the metaverse has been there for years because online gaming is is you, you're kind of there already and, and you go with your avatar it's just breaking down the walls of that and sovereign identity value for what you do and you purchase in any of those metaverses and being able to take it wherever you want to be able to take it to you might want to put it on a marketplace and sell it it's like if you're spent five thousand dollars in Fortnite, that's it you've spent five thousand dollars in Fortnite. you can't sell it you can't take it out of the game you can't use it in another game you can't use your skins anywhere else you can't take anything that you've purchased in there that doesn't have any incentric value to you. You're just passionate about the game and you wanted, oh, I want that new skin or I want that new gun or I want this or I want that or I want that potion. But it but it but it doesn't have any future value. That's what excites me about the building of all these metaverses is your sovereign identity and what you're gonna be able to do with your data and the things that you purchase and buy that sit in your wallet. It, it, that are your assets that have your true real value with the things that you've done in the metaverse. So it sounds like we just heard a little bit of insights into what Pixel Links is, is building without any specifics, but that that sense of your 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 passport of all that stuff that you can take from world to world. Yeah, that's a great analogy. The passport. I think Ryan Gill at Crucible. Um, if you get a chance to jump into his telegram, um, he is fantastic group of people there also looking to build bridges. So, you know, you, you, you will passport is a great word. It, it's your passport as your online sovereign identity and, and everything that you want to be able to put it in there. So it's a digital passport with all of your assets in it. Yeah. Love it. I love that world. I keep I keep waiting for even the, the NFTs that we were talking about before that I could bring them into a Zoom call or a game on the Oculus or on Steam or possibly onto social media platforms and, and all that kind of stuff. Waiting for that to happen. Dean, this has been cool. I'm not quite done with you yet. I've got one more big question. Here at Music Tectonics, we like to get sci-fi. So what have we not discussed that you think will emerge in the future of the music industry? Where are things going? What's that next? I mean, it's so hard to ask you this question because you already live in the future. In a way, you're building <laughs> towards this future. But take it, you know, let's take it a thousand miles out further um, or, you know, 10 years out further. What what, what else, sh you know, get sci-fi with us, man. <laughs> how do you, how would you consume music in the future? I think that, you will have a completely different relationship with your fan base. You, you will have uh, a, a huge community. We'll see it on Discord right now. We, we've been doing that for years because it, 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 it was what 
we did for gaming and now it's exploded into blockchain and nfts and and crypto so where does that keep exploding i think that how we will connect with our fans will absolutely fundamentally change over the coming months and years and then how we share our art and i and i don't call it music i'll call it art in general whether it be digital art whether it be avatars whether it be assets whether it be music whatever it is stems you you will be be connected in a completely different way you may buy buy a track and then within that track you you can basically have all of the stem parts you can remix it you you own it you may re recreate your own nft and sell it back in the same marketplace and and be able to build your own career that way if you think about where we've come from in the last from vinyl to cd to digital downloads to dsps what is the logical next step the logical next step is is what is the technology stack going to allow us to do and that is infinitely hard to predict because it's moving so fast the 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 what's being built in on the on the blockchain and in web3 is hard to even grasp on a daily basis let alone weekly and monthly what we're talking about right now doesn't exist but may exist in a month and two months and then by the end of the year we look back and go do you remember that conversation we had in you know late february and and you know where we talked about look where we are today you know it's like will dsps even exist you know because if someone would have said to you 10 years ago every single piece of music that you will ever consume is going to be on this thing your phone phone, right (laughs) Which and 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 unlimited for nine 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 be at your fingertips. You'd have gone. That's never going to work. That's 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 crazy. I go to Apple's and I download my music and I they, put it. And you know I what they'd say? They'd on, say what you mean. But people would only get fractions of pennies. <laughs> that's what they'd say. That don't work. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and 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 it's it's so broken that the top. It's all so lopsided now. You know, released before you could see minute by minute, you you sold a single at one dollar ninety nine, right? And you could pull all of your information in, and you say, "This week I sold a hundred thousand singles at one ninety nine." Okay, I know minus my cuts, minus the distribution, I know got exactly that. I can't pull in real time in data and get an exact number today. That's gone backwards, like Concord going backwards in airline travel yeah we've made it harder for you to be able to work out what you're getting paid in real time with the technology is exponentially 100x with what how we consumed music how did that happen (laughs) because we allowed we allowed smart people to build platforms to not give us that information and we allowed them to be us to be okay with them not giving us that information. And then the guy that has owns one of the biggest TSPs in the world is on the front of Forbes magazine. He's worth more money than Paul McCartney. He's never made a record in his life. But he built a platform. Yeah. 
So the fu- the future will be unpredictable because it's changing so quickly, but they'll it'll be interactive is what you're saying. There'll be a lot more it will, dynamism. It, it will, yeah, and, and, in, and in real time, on your phone, on your fingertips, on your laptop, everything from you know what 5G is doing to the mobile market and the speed of the internet, speed of the internet at home, everything will become more interactive because of the, the technology has moved, is moving and has moved so much faster. And the faster and faster it gets, the better the experience becomes. Amazing, Dean. This has been an awesome, awesome conversation. We've covered up so much ground in so little time. Any final shout outs before we wrap up? Anything you want to make sure to plug into the mix for our listeners? Um, I just, I just, you know, just, just be aware and embrace it. Don't, don't be scared by where we're going. Talk to the right people, get excited, you know, talk to I, I'd, all day or every day. It's all I do is, is talk to people and, and try to help people understand where we are, what we're doing and where we're going. Don't be frightened of, of how exciting the future is going to be with this, with this technology layer. Awesome. Dean Wilson with 720, known as a manager and partner of Dead Mouse and other artists. Great to have you on Music Tectonics. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Dimitri. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We have new episodes for you every week. Did you know you can dig deeper into all our episodes with the show notes at musictectonics.com. While you're there, look for the latest about our annual conference, sign up for our newsletter to get updates, or get the Music Tectonics app for music tech news. Everything we do explores seismic shifts that shake up music and technology the way the Earth's tectonic plates cause quakes and make mountains. Connect with Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and find me, Dimitri Vitsa, if you can spell it, on LinkedIn. Bye-bye! You're listening to Music Tectonics.